Hello, it's Lee Durrant here. Welcome to Rodcast, the podcast where we get to meet and chat with some truly fantastic people from within the Salesforce ecosystem. My goal for this podcast is to help and inform people who either already perhaps work in the Salesforce ecosystem or maybe you're thinking of breaking into it to understand what's good about it, what could be better, where there are opportunities and what some of the most amazing people in this space, how they got into it, where their career took them and what their plans are for the future. Hope you enjoy it and please help me to reach as many people as possible within Salesforce by leaving some comments and sharing all feedback Welcome. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Hi there, guys. Welcome to Rodcast. Uh, in today's episode, I'm chatting with Mitesh Mystery. Uh, Mitesh is currently one of uh, only a few hundred certified technical architects in the world, um, and, and he's going to discuss with us in this episode uh, his journey to becoming a CTA, um, his favorite project to date in Salesforce, uh, what it's like to also work at the, the mothership of Salesforce, and, uh, and what he's excited about for the future. So uh, I hope you enjoy. So, hello, Mitesh, and welcome to, to uh, our podcast, which we're calling Rodcast. Thanks um, for doing this, mate. H- how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing, Lee? Yeah, yeah, getting there, getting there, mate. I wish the weather was a bit better, but uh, yeah, not, not bad at all. Uh, and I, again, really appreciate you doing this. Uh, quite exciting for everybody listening, because, correct me if I'm wrong, you are a certified technical architect now, aren't you? Or, or have been for Yes, a uh, that's correct. So, I'm a, I'm a Salesforce CTA as of wow. uh, May 2018. Last year, so that's fantastic. Well, obviously, as you know, as I've explained to, to people listening before, that uh, this podcast is, is all, all about um, the journey of Salesforce experts, you know, from, from different um, you know sides of, of, of what you guys do. Um, but someone like yourself, it'd be quite interesting for people to hear about how how your journey began, if you like, with Salesforce um, and 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 all of that, and then what, what's led you to where you are today. Because it'd be quite interesting to find out if if this was all planned at the beginning or whether it's just happened organically as you've gone on really. So um, if that's all right, I'll, I'll fire away with a couple of questions to get started. And the, the obvious place to, uh, thing to ask you is uh, actually in the lead up to getting into Salesforce, what, what were you doing? Is, were, you know, were you um, a university, weren't you before? Okay. So, I mean, let me, let me run through my background. So I studied software engineering at the university of Edinburgh. Um, and as part of my experience there, I got a chance to spend a year overseas. So I worked for a company called Sun Microsystems, who are now taken over by Oracle. Mm. And I was looking after the global labs team there. So I had a really good experience for one year out in the US. That was my first source of technology role, um, looking into IT, um, sort of hardware networking systems and understanding how they work. Okay. And I also did a small role with um, the Royal Bank of Scotland, where I was building some internal applications for them. Um, as part of my work experience as well. So I had a bit of experience before um, graduating. And when I graduated, I, I got a role uh, working for Deloitte in their graduate consulting program. Okay. And my very first project was more doing Java development, um, a bit of Selenium testing as well. And we're building a digital rights management solution for a really large media company uh, in London. And after doing that build for three months, uh, they wanted to use the salesforce.com platform to be able to capture um, different members, different musicians, um, and be able to correctly attribute money to them based on who is actually playing their particular media um, and their recordings. So um, that was my very first introduction to Salesforce. Um, I started working on 
very heavy on Apex and Visual Force, so really getting into the nitty-gritty of the Salesforce platform, yeah. understanding exactly kind of how the, how the code-based aspects of that work. And moving on from there as my career progressed, I started becoming more of a sort of solution consultant and growing more as the time progressed into an architect, a program architect, and then as an enterprise architect after that. So it's kind of grown from being more of a developer to a, a sort of all-round consultant and then leading to become an enterprise architect, which I really believe is like the jack of all trades. We have to do a bit of everything. So um, yeah. that's kind of how I feel about myself. So, so, so it's fair to say, because um, it, it was like 10 years ago, wasn't it, that you got into uh, Salesforce when you were at your yes. So it was essentially by accident at the time, because I, I don't know if you had you heard of Salesforce in terms of you know, the, the, the opportunities you know, no, not at all. So um, I was introduced to it uh, three months in. There was a project kicking off um, as part of the, the work we're doing at this client. And um, that was really my first introduction to Salesforce. I didn't know um, kind of how scalable the platform is, how flexible it is. And that I'll actually be doing that for, for the last 11 years. But um, I think very quickly I understood that you can deliver solutions really, really quickly on the Salesforce stack. Um, projects which t- would typically be like nine, 10 months in Java or other platforms. Mm. You can wrap them up in two, three months in Salesforce and deliver a really robust solution for a customer. So I think I'm the kind of person that I like to see uh, gains and rewards and solutions really quickly. So when I saw Salesforce and just saw how capable it was, I thought, you know what, this is exactly the, the stack I want to be aligned to. So that's what I've been doing for the last uh, 10, 11 years since then. That's answering my next question, which was um, kind of at what point in, in those 10 years, did you know that you wanted, to, you wanted that to be your career, that one technology? And, and yeah. So yeah, I think once yeah, I started working for another cloud consulting provider called Acumen Solutions, yeah. um, from there on in, it's, it's pretty much been out and out Salesforce. So I got to understand not just the coding elements, but the kind of the all-around platform, what it's able to do, the main features that are there, and just how quickly and easily you can... Uh, take a company's entire like IT systems and infrastructure and have that fully hosted in the cloud and Salesforce and literally manage the company's entire business on the Salesforce stack. So the more I started to see that, I think it was like a natural alignment for me um, to kind of grow in Salesforce uh, as the platform grows as well. And obviously your early days with Salesforce, and I'm sort of thumbing through quite a lot of your background. Have you, um, strange question, but have you ever worked directly for a, what we would consider to be an end user? Uh, no, not really. So it's, it's interesting you mentioned this. So whenever I've done projects, I've always done long-term ones where I've been on the client site for over a year. Yeah. And to be honest, when you're, when you're at a customer site for more than six months, you kind of feel like you're at one with the customer. You're kind of part of their, um, part of their team in essence. So although I haven't done an end user role per se, um, I still have felt that when I'm on a customer site, I kind of feel part of this, the team that's there, um, in terms of the length of the projects that I've done whilst I've been there. I guess that would only help if you're working at a, a big consultancy that have big customers. Otherwise, mm. as you referred to earlier, you're going to be bouncing in and out of projects quite quickly. If, if yes. More. Um, okay. And is that is that good advice? Do you think to someone that perhaps is thinking of of that journey, a similar journey to yourself? It's 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 better to be with a partner so that you get you know the the, the opportunity to learn loads of different things or. I think as a, as a junior, what I'd say is um, if you're new to the Salesforce ecosystem, you want to make a break into the, uh, into the Salesforce space. And I think starting off as a partner is probably the best way to begin because you get a chance to experience um, different industries, different customers, 
And they all have different challenges and problems that they're trying to address. And you get to learn different aspects of the Salesforce platform as you do different projects. And I think that grows your overall platform experience, but also grows your overall customer experience as well at the same time. So um, I think my recommendation for anyone starting up with BS, start, start with a partner and then, and then pick an industry that you like or um, pick an aspect of the Salesforce stack that you really like and then try and align yourselves with that. Which I suppose if you go back 10 years, the, I mean, whilst there were still vast opportunities at Salesforce, it's, it's the way it's just you know, gone from, you know, from where it was 10 years ago to where it is now. The opportunities are, are just vast now, aren't they? So I guess, is it fair to say that you picked your moves just because of the opportunities that were in front of you at the time? Or was it all quite strategic to get to where you are now? I think it's based on opportunities that presented themselves um, at the time. And, you know, you have different consultancies that focus on different clients as well. Like one of the, one of the previous consultancies I worked for, um, they were focused very heavily on financial services. They were doing a large, large um, implementation for the Financial Conduct Authority, um, probably one of the largest Salesforce enterprise implementations we have in the UK. So that gave me a really different flavor of Salesforce as well. So I've kind of chosen my moves, not just based on um, personal growth, but it's been based on sort of experiencing different aspects of the cloud as well at the same time yeah and and we can be honest here when you mean personal growth did you you know are you referring to just basically people that can potentially move just just for sake of getting some more money somewhere else or um is that what you meant or did you no no i so when i say personal growth i mean like taking on more leadership roles as well so you know transitioning from a developer to an architect from an architect to team lead project manager um enterprise architect so those those are all different roles in in terms of what you do and the responsibilities you take on yeah so for example the role i'm doing now i'm the head of architecture so i sit across all of the projects that we do in the united kingdom um for for the company i'm at vrp consulting so it it represents a step up from what I may have been doing at, let's say, Salesforce, where you focus more as a program architect for a single customer um, for a certain length of time. So that's how I see growth in, in that sense. Yeah, I was, I was, um, was going to get to that, actually. So well, after your you know, consulting uh, experiences, you ended up getting what most people surely in this space would consider to be the dream scenario. You're, you work in directly for Salesforce. Uh, so what, what's that like, having come from consulting to then go to the mothership and, and work for Salesforce? What was that like? Yeah, sure. So when I was working for um, Cloud Sherpas, which became Accenture, um, the kind of next step for me really was like, where do I go next? Is it end user? Um, Is it another consulting firm? Is it Salesforce? And I felt at the time that Salesforce was a really good natural fit because two two reasons. Firstly, um, being part of their professional services group, you'd start to get closely aligned to the product teams as well. So you get to have a deeper insight of, of how certain areas of their product work, um, be able to actually influence like some things that may go into a certain product or an offering on the Salesforce side. Yeah. And just really be part of the mothership and understand like in Salesforce's eyes, what is their view on best practice? What is their view on how products should be run? What is their view on how the product should be marketed and sold to customers? I think it was really great to have that role um, over there. And from there on, I moved on to more of a program architect role where you're, you're sold onto a customer for a longer duration. But instead of being like a delivery lead, you're kind of more of a strategic advisor where you're guiding the customers, advising them what's the right way to use Salesforce, not just looking at one aspect of their business, but, you are, but looking across their full enterprise stack as a whole um, and how Salesforce fits into their overall business vision, where they want to go, where they want to take things. And I think that role that I had at Salesforce was really fantastic in terms of 
professional growth and I think personal growth as well um, in the responsibilities that I had. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that join Salesforce sort of kind of stay there for life, don't they? So it'd be interesting, without going into too much detail, I appreciate it, but it'd be interesting to know what, what your mindset was to then leave. Um, and, and and a quick question, did you did you get your CTA at Salesforce? Did they? Yes, they did. So, and how, how, how did that come about? Because I appreciate it's, it's a very, very tough thing to get. Um, did it help that you worked there or, or was it just a coincidence? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll say a few words about this. So the, the Salesforce Certified Technical Architect, um, that's the top most credential in the ecosystem. It, it's even studied and, and managed to get there. It's below 300 as far as I know across the world. So really? Yeah. We, we really are an elite bunch um, in terms of what we've studied hard to achieve. And I say this many times, it's, it's way harder than my university degree. <laughs> okay. People, people have worked their socks off to, to get there. So um, hats off to any CCs who are listening to me. Um, yeah. what, what I'd say is I think being at Salesforce, it helped. They had a good sort of structured program to um, get us through the exams, to go through the, the mock exams which they gave us um, to train us up for that particular review board. But um, I think whether you're internal at Salesforce or external outside, it's the same journey for everyone. You have a set of a set of areas which you need to study. Um, there is practical experience which you have to gain through projects which you do and being in the ecosystem for a long enough amount of time. And I think being a CTA, there's a certain maturity which you must have as well. Um, and one of the criteria for, for that actual review board is um, the CTAs who are there judging you, they have to really feel that if, if they were not there doing their role today, that you as an aspirant to become a CTA could be somebody who can replace them and can be swapped out pretty quickly. So it's a sign of like maturity as well, um, getting through that particular qualification. But I, I am ever grateful um, for the support, guidance, um, words of wisdom that I got from people at Salesforce whilst I was there. Really, it was, it was very, very good, um, the help that I got. And I understand, I mean, I think I can see online now that you're quite um, forthcoming with your advice as well uh, for people, obviously, who want to follow in your footsteps. Do you, yeah, I bet you, get, but you must get questions all the time from, from, from people who want to do it. Um, and I, I believe you have, um, do you have a blog or anything? Where you, where you yeah, work? so what I've been doing recently is to try and help um, new people along the journey for, for studying for this exam. Um, I've created a blog called Salesforce Diaries. So the website is salesforcediaries.blogspot.com. Salesforce di- um, Diaries as in? Yeah, Salesforce okay. Diaries. Okay. I shall, uh, what I'll do at the end of this, I'll, I'll, I'll share the link for that as well. But yeah, sorry, carry on. Okay, perfect. And what I've been working through over the last couple of weeks and, and will be doing so in the future is just publishing articles about certain areas of the CTA exam um, and also certain areas of enterprise architecture, which is good for people to know, good for people to apply um, both from an exam perspective and also in real life projects. Um, and I'll be working on that over the next couple of weeks and months as well. Brilliant. Well, we'll make sure to, to share that at the end of this in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, sure. do, you, do you think, I mean, I've been around long enough to see other uh, technologies um, have all these certifications and then, and then there's one day where there's a bit of a tipping point and it, and it gets watered down a bit. Clearly we're nowhere near that point with, with the CTA. If there's only, you know, a few hundred across the world. but Yeah, so what I'll say is one thing. So obviously Salesforce, we have we have plenty of multiple choice exams. We have exams which are there for um, system and application architect and ones underneath that that get you there. I think that's great. Um, if people really honestly apply diligent learning to getting through those exams, they go through all the modules that you need to learn and train on, then great, that, that's fine. Um, but if, if, if people are simply doing it, not doing those modules, but just jumping in for the exam, 
you've kind of missed the real essence of the training that you need to go through um, to become a CTA or to say that, yes, I know this domain really well. So my advice for people going for a CTA or just anybody learning about architecture is the stuff that's out there, do go through it, do read it properly and do understand it because that's what really makes you a strong architect, your knowledge of those domains and, and deep knowledge as well. Brilliant. Okay. Um, so just to jump back to some other questions I have, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've, you've um, been a contractor and a permanent employee in your time in the Salesforce world. So what, what does that feel like? What's the difference, do you think, uh, in your experience, being a permanent member of staff somewhere uh, and then going out into the wide world of contracting? Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting question. I'm going to give a very interesting answer to this as well. So um, although I'm, this is my first role doing contracting, um, being the head of architecture for VRP Consulting, but my role doesn't feel like I'm contracting, to be very honest with you. It feels like a permanent role. Um, I have my set of responsibilities in terms of the projects that I manage and deliver, uh, but also internal responsibilities inside of um, VRP Consulting as well. So although it is technically contracting, I, I don't feel it to be that way. Cool. That's good. That's a, it's a, uh, yeah, it's an interesting answer. And um, is it um, something that you see yourself doing for, for a long, long time? Or, or again, I, I say to people a lot, the word permanent probably needs to be discarded because it's very rarely, in my experience as well, do, do people stay permanently in one role? There's, there's almost too many opportunities out there. So um, it, would you see yourself going permanent again then? And, and, and if, if the role was right or with your kind of experience now, is it, is it always fun to be you know, doing new things? At, at the moment, I'm not seeing a distinction. So I, I would say if the right opportunity is there, then yes, um, the, the permanent is fine as well. I think the main difference I would see is that being permanent, you obviously have the, the benefits, the employee perks, which you get job security and, and those other elements as well, um, which come with that kind of role. Whereas I think contracting is probably more, if you look at it from a traditional sense, it's more for those kind of, not people, but if you want to have a six month project and then a break from that and then something new to start. If you want that kind of flexibility and movement, then I think contracting is good. But having said that at the same time, um, when I've been working full time for the companies I've been at in a consulting role, you kind of get the same thing where a project comes mm-hmm. to an end and you're starting up the next one. So again, it's a fresh challenge from there on in. So, Well, I, I guess that's the benefit of working at, at, a, at a consultancy, oh, isn't it? If you see what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, sorry, I think that the benefit of working for a, a, a partner is that you feel like a contractor, but with the safety net of, of being permanent. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I, I would assume if based on what you said earlier on as well, if someone's at the beginning of their career and they're looking to go somewhere, get experience and, and, and have it, get the company to invest in them for certifications or what have you, then that's always going to be best to do it as a permanent person. Um, I, I don't know whether you would agree with this, but sometimes if someone's a contractor, their ability to learn and progress can be hindered because they, they, they bounce around doing the same thing at different companies as a, as a, as a specialist. And when and that, That's true as well. And I think with, with permanent roles, there's a bit more of a push to get through certain certifications. The company may have, they, they may not mandate it, but there may be certain perks you get from achieving certain certs. So they may say, right, we want all their staff members to have at least five, that kind of thing. So there's a bit more of a driver, a push, and support as well um, to get you through an initial set of certifications for Salesforce. It's, it's funny you say that. So it's leading to my next question, which is um, along the lines of people in their career, is do you, do you as, as someone who probably recruits people or has done in your, your, your past, mm-hmm. do you value experience over certification or the other way around or a mix of both? What's your take on that? 
Okay, so from my perspective, I, I think I see it as a split of both. So having the certifi certifications is good. If someone studied for them diligently, um, they've gone through the modules to be able to get through it and they understand the aspects of the certification is assessing, then great. You know what? Your cert, your cert is properly valid at that point. Um, but at the same time, I also believe that application of that is probably the most important element because that's when you really start compounding your knowledge and having a deeper understanding of what something means. Simple example, I can talk talk about single sign-on and, and seeing that in like theory compared to challenges you face doing that in practice. I think the the cert and the experience in my mind, to make you a really good sort of architect or um, knower of the Salesforce stack, they go hand in hand and they have to go hand in hand. That's a really good point. And, and so I, so a good tip for people listening to this, whether they're administrators all the way up to wanting to be a CTA, if you have a certification, brilliant, but try to um, put across how you've applied that knowledge in, in, a, in a real role. Is that yeah. a good bit of advice, I think, probably? Um, cool, okay. Um, just... And I know there'll be loads of these. And bear in mind, I'm not very technical. I'm not technical at all. Um, what project in all your 10 years, is there a particular project that sort of sticks out in your mind as the one you're really proud of for whatever reason? And if so, what, what is that? And what did you do? And uh, why are you proud of it? Okay, sure. So for me, I think the project that I'm most proud of is one that I did for a company in the UK, that manufactures tires. It's a global company. Um, they have they have a site in the UK. They man they manufacture tires um, for forklifts and trucks. Okay. Um, in the not just in in the UK but UK and beyond as well. And this was my first um, complex integration project where I was linking up Salesforce with SAP. Um, I was managing a team of contractors, looking after their delivery of this, and at the same time. Um, this was being tied into field service lightning. So it was the first um, successful field service lightning project in the whole of the EMEA region that I was part of. Um, and integration, as you can imagine, was actually core to the solution working out and being successful for this particular company. So we got it working. We got it live. Um, many trips to, um, towards Birmingham to, to visit their site and, and get things up and running. But I think for me, just to be part of the the end of the project phase where we're handing over, we're training the customer and you're actually seeing them using the system, seeing the problem, sort of problems they have or success that they're having as well um, whilst using the platform and, and being with them to guide them in that journey of using Salesforce. I think that's definitely the kind of happiest that I've seen or I've been um, doing a Salesforce project at the very end of an implementation. Fantastic. And just to make sure I heard you correctly, was that the, so that was the first field service lightning project in EMEA? That was the first field service lightning project in the EMEA region, yes. Wow, no pressure then. That's, no. um, <laughs> was, was that when you were at Salesforce? That was when I was at Salesforce, yes. Fantastic. Um, and if you have something that you would say is your favorite thing about either Salesforce, the product, or Salesforce, the ecosystem, or Salesforce, the company, actually, what would you say is your sort of favorite thing about those things? Okay, so a couple of things. I think, um, firstly, the platform's always evolving, and mm. it's evolving based on community feedback. So with the ideas exchange, people can list out what they want to see uh, in the next release or in the upcoming releases. Internally, teams at Salesforce review that, the product teams, and they build that into the solution. So I, I think having a product that's community-driven, um, which is listening to people's feedback actively and building on it, I think that's amazing to have that inside of Salesforce. And I think, secondly... If you look at the acquisition Salesforce have made, the platform 
to what it was 10 years ago has grown so much in scale and breadth that there's always something new to learn now in Salesforce. You just can't be stagnant. So I think on, on those grounds, um, it's a really good platform to know and be a part of. And thirdly, um, it's despite its breadth, it's still quite a small ecosystem. Um, and we end up sort of making good friendships with people um, and getting to know other people in the Salesforce space who you sometimes do end up working with together on projects, which you just didn't think they're gonna, you're going to work together with them again. So it's a really cool community to be part of. So, so yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's still, um, for someone with the amount of experience that you've got, um, there's, there's, there's probably a lot of faces that you recognize over the years when yes. you're at the customer, you know, the tours and the dream forces and what have you. Um, and and uh, it must be nice to see some familiar faces when you're walking around. Um, and, and I think one, one more thing I mentioned as well is that um, through, through Salesforce and the customers I work with, um, I've had a chance to work on projects um, across the world pretty much. And I think that gives a really good cultural experience um, to see, you know, how, how do companies work overseas, um, both from a way of working perspective, a culture perspective. I think that's been something great as well that we've had a chance to do with um, with using Salesforce or being part of companies that implement Salesforce. And actually, going back to what you said a minute ago, saying that you know, with all the um, all the acquisitions that are being made, and there's always something new to learn. When you're you know at the top of your game as you are now as a CTA. How do you maintain that? Is, it, is that? is that a, I mean, it might be a stupid question, but is that a tw- every 12 months you have to reset to be, to be a CTA again? No. So there's, there's no sort of reset in that process. Um, you still have to take the baseline certs and recertify yourself in those. Um, but I think it's more, it's, the onus is more on the individual. So to stay on top of the stack and, and what things are coming, what things are new, it's really down to the person themselves to review things like release notes that come out, but also look at other technologies coming into the Salesforce platform. As a CTA, we don't need to go into the full depths and nitty-gritties of how they work, but certainly what those products do, what their features are, what the capabilities are, being able to make a recommendation for using or not using something, that's something which we have to be able to do. So um, this is some, this is why, as a CTA, I need to keep on top of uh, what, thing, what companies Salesforce are acquiring, for example, what things are going to be in the future Salesforce platform, so we make the right recommendation to the customer. Fantastic. And um, nearly finished. I appreciate taking up about, you know, quite a lot of your time. Um, what would you say you're most excited about in, in the, in the you know, next sort of few years with, with Salesforce as a, as, a, as a tool and as an ecosystem? Okay. So for me, it's, it's, it's similar to my previous answer where um, the kind of the way Salesforce is growing, the new capabilities that are being added to the platform through either acquisition or through growth in the platform, and also the ways in which building in Salesforce is changing as well. So if we look at things like Lightning Web Components, how Salesforce transitioned to using Lightning, I'm sure there'll be something else which will come up in the future as well. There's blockchain, Salesforce are bringing that into the platform. So because the product itself is evolving in line with the kind of technology developments that are happening in the wider marketplace, um, it gives me as a somebody who works in the space a chance to grow and learn those things as well at the same time through my role so that's what keeps me really sort of tied to salesforce if you see what i mean absolutely yeah and um just uh, I, I, you've covered this already i'm sure but i'll ask it again anyway if you could have like what just one tip for somebody at the beginning of their career then at salesforce you know they're they're you from 10 years ago um what, what would be that that one tip for them just to get them started or to perhaps uh, just kickstart their career in salesforce Okay, so for me, I would say um, 
If you're a junior person wanting to grow in the Salesforce space, whether you want to become a project manager, a business analyst, um, a developer, or an architect, learn the basics of the platform well and understand them. Um, because whatever role you do in the future, if your foundations are solid, um, as a business analyst, you make the right recommendations. Um, as a developer, you choose the right approach to doing something. As an architect, you'll pinpoint the right technology. So I think it's, it's good to kind of have a good, solid appreciation of the of the platform. Not I'm not saying in the full in and out details, but understand it, learn it, know it, and then pick your choices from there afterwards. And to be fair, um, 10, 10 years ago, Trailhead didn't exist. So, of course, the fact that that's there, um, there's no, it's no real excuse, is there, for people to get stuck in and, and do exactly what you just said? So I think from, from a Salesforce point of view, Trailheads give a good introduction. Um, and then having a chance to maybe build out a sample project inside of Salesforce, that hands-on experience, there's, there's no... Um, there's nothing that can replace that, let's just say. So that's what I advise as well. So Trailers is a good starting point. Um, Salesforce has got plenty of their materials online as well in terms of notes. And then trying to have some practical experience. The combination of the three um, is a really good entry point for anybody coming into the Salesforce platform. Perfect. I love that. Um, Mitesh, thank, thanks ever so much, mate, for, for being a brilliant guest. And um, genuinely, congratulations on your journey so far. Sure, it's, you know, when we're only, well, you know, you've got a long way to go yet, but uh, it sounds like it's been been a, a very good ride um obviously look forward to keeping in touch with you and see how that how that plays out but, but thanks very much for joining us today cool no worries thank you very much lee so there you have it straight from the horse's mouth um exactly what it takes to become a cta um thanks again mitesh mystery that was brilliant um my my takeaways from that would be um, some some great tips about starting out and, and obviously learning the basics of, of the salesforce platform and and, and and what it can do um, in, a, in a high level kind of environment and then uh, uh, if you can of course getting some experience with a partner is, is always a good good way to learn uh, in your early stages of your career because you'll get to experience different industries different uh, companies maybe as Mitesh did as well get to work overseas and get, get to experience different cultures and as, as, as well as uh, um, as well as the, the industries and, and the companies and things like that so that's a good tip um I thought it was quite interesting what he said about certifications as well. They, they are obviously really good, um, but the best way to, to progress your career when you go on interviews and things like that is to, to be able to articulate your real-world experience that relates to what you learn to get that certification. So if you can think about that, that's always a good thing to do. Um, and I thought the last one, which was uh, the fact that this, the, getting the CTA certification was harder than a university degree, so I uh, hope that hasn't put you guys off. Um, what I'll do is I'll... Um, I'll share the show notes for you so you can see the links to the, the websites that Mitesh referred to uh, and you guys can share any uh, any comments you have and, uh, um, and keep your eye open for the, for the next edition of the podcast. Thanks very much and see you soon.